belong, become, believe. You're listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. The message for April 24th, 2022 is called A Whole New World. The teacher is John Ray and the location is Clap Auditorium, Mount Sequoia in Fayetteville, Arkansas. We talked about how the other day that all of the miracles were done for a reason to point to Jesus and offer proof that what Jesus said was true and who Jesus said he was was true. That the miracles were never a a program to alleviate all suffering in the moment. There were only so many people and really a select few that Jesus healed or delivered from demons with that, but those were offered as evidence that ultimately all sickness would be healed. Everything would be restored with that. That the kingdom of God proclaiming freedom from these things was here among us. And Jesus gave evidence through the miracles. Now last week, we looked at, we celebrated Easter, and we looked at this ultimate evidence, the absolute evidence that Jesus is who Jesus says he is. That Jesus will be able to do everything that he proclaims with that. And so this week, and it's an interesting week in the church life, this is like one of the hardest Sundays of the year for for me and for people who who work in church. Because we've just come off this great big sugar high, in a way, right, of Easter. We're all full of artificial food coloring from the peeps and everything. But, but also, it's, it's kind of this big day in the church here, right? And then now it's back to normal life. And a lot of times, you know, people feel like they've kind of done their religious duty on Easter. They made it through, and now it's just, you know, let's go back. But it's also in that sobriety, in the reality of it, I think it's good that we go back and say, okay, we just celebrated this ultimate witness, this ultimate proof of what Jesus said, that he was who he says he was, he is who he says he is. But what really was it that he was saying he was going to do? Now let's go back and go just kind of like the the disciples on the Emmaus walk and remember and go, oh my gosh, this is right. That's that's right. Didn't he say he was going to do these things? Wasn't that what he said he was going to accomplish? And in our text this week, We're looking at this, and the reason why we sang it in the song we did is because it would have been something dramatically new, and it would have caused a lot of of upheaval. There would have been a lot of resistance to this. In fact, we see it in our text with that. But we can't lose sight that God's incarnation in Jesus sets off a whole new way of thinking and feeling and being in the world. I want us to get that. God's incarnation in Jesus sets off a whole new way of thinking and feeling and being in the world. And the presence of the kingdom of God among us reorders all of our personal and communal relationships, as well as our religious and societal structures. And it takes a transformed person to hold this reality. We're not going to do it if we're stuck here. We're not going to download this new kingdom into old technology with it. 
Jesus is calling us to become transformed by the message, but also for the message. And this is a really important thing to consider. Is it in our personal relationships, in our practices, in our communal structures, in the way that we do church, we're being called to be transformed both by and for the message that we can contain it properly with that. So the text that we read in Mark, going back to Mark chapter 2 as we continue our study of Mark, this story is contained in all three of the synoptic gospels. And it happens almost in, in identical sequence in each Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It happens this way because it's important that we see that what Jesus was bringing and the way he was bringing it and how that came into conflict with the existing structures, the old wineskins, if you will. How that, how that challenged them with that. When, when we think about the original audience to this, what Jesus was doing as he was eating with tax collectors and, and sinners, as is described here, was socially ultimately taboo. I mean, it was just, it, you do not do this thing. You don't include those people at your table with that. And I think we all kind of understand that. We can all understand, hey, you know, being seen with someone who people go, oh my gosh, why is, why is John hanging out with that person? What are they doing? Because we still have some kind of strictures along that. But the other one, that's, it's harder for us to understand this whole thing about Sabbath and about um, coming in when the other disciples were, were fasting. And I've, and I've really searched for a good analogy for this. So, so it's kind of like this. It's not exactly like this, but it's kind of like this. It's kind of like if we were having a memorial service, maybe for like World War II, like a somber memorial service for people who had died in battle. And it's in, you know, people are putting on their dress clothes and they're putting on their best behavior and they're acting very somber. And then a bunch of people bust into that room like, hey, everybody, we just want to let you know there is a party coming. Hey, there's going to be music, man. We're going to have fried bread and corn dogs and, and there'll be face painting for the kids. And, and y'all all need to come because this is going to be a great party. Whoa, whoa, dude, tone it down. Don't you know what we're here for? Like, we're here to remember the, the sacrifices. We're here to remember the, you know, why we have this freedom. It, it would have been something like that. It, would have, it wouldn't have just been offensive. It would have felt viscerally like, like sacrilegious in a way. Like, doesn't this guy know what's going on? Doesn't he know why we hold these memorials? I mean, these memorials are important. We have to remember this. We have to remember those who gave their lives so that we have the freedom we have today, oh yeah, to go to parties and have music and, and eat corn. But we have to remember. We have to be sorrow. We have to remember the sacrifices, right? And, and that's what Jesus is saying here. So, so that original audience would have really struggled with the not just the message, but the way Jesus was presenting it. 
And then we come to us, well, what is, what do we, how do we interpret this now? How do we do this? Because quite honestly, right, fasting and somber occasions are not much of a regular process. I mean, I know we got out of Lent, but I really didn't see anybody like walking around with sackcloth and ashes during Lent. So how do we interpret this? Well, and this is where it gets sticky. Because historically, when we hear Jesus and we take it out of, we take it out of context, we kind of interpret it as something like this. Those poor Jews. You know, all those legalist people, they were just so confined by all this legalism. And now we have freedom. We don't have to do any of that stuff. We don't have to fast. We don't have to pray. We don't have to remember the days. We're free. When we interpret it as kind of this, this dichotomy between legalism and freedom, and it's not. It's not that. Even I mean, it's clear in the text. Jesus says, hey, look, there will become a time when my disciples will also fast. Will also do these things. So it's not, it's not this rejection of like discipline or remembrance or ordering. It's not like, okay, you had too much structure, now we just have anarchy. You had legalism, we have freedom. You guys were sourpusses, we're the fun crowd. <laughs> it's not that at all. What it is is Jesus, again, we ha- we're so trained to make the scripture individual just to me. What, is, what, what do I get out of it? What does this mean just for me? Instead, we're looking at Jesus proclaiming who he is. This is first and foremost about Jesus, about proclaiming what he's doing and fulfilling the promises. All of those, all of those practices, all of those things that the people were doing weren't bad. They weren't wrong. They were appropriate for the time and the place and the season. And it's important to see that Jesus isn't condemning those things. What he's doing is saying, the thing that you were doing them for is here. It's arrived. The thing that you were practicing for, it's now time. It's now time to do it. The thing that you were hoping for, guess what? It's fulfilled. It's fulfilled. The, the very thing that your ancestors longed to see, you get to see. But that takes a that takes a different thing. Like that takes a different way of operating. That changes. It's it, it, This is where the software technology breaks down. This is not just version 2.0, okay? This is not just an upgrade. No, this is a whole new thing. And that's why you need a whole new device. You need a whole new device. We we need a whole different way of being in the world, of understanding what it is to be human, understanding how we relate to others, to, like I said, to contain this message, but also to be transformed by it, but be ready to hold it with that. Laura said in our preparations this week that this is not an argument of binaries, right? Replacing one black system for a white system or zero for a one with that. It's, it's, 
it's removing these boundaries. It's, it's, it's coming to the completion of something. It's a whole fresh start. It's a, it's a regeneration of things that are happening. So what keeps us from doing this? What keeps us from really receiving this, becoming that new person that can receive this thing, be transformed by it, and let it transform others through us? Well, Alex, in our, in our meeting, he talks because he deals with leadership management and stuff that's way beyond my head, but he, he talks about how we manage by our, by our imagination. As we, we look at a problem or a situation, and, we, and with our own minds, we go, okay, what's possible? What can I imagine doing? And then we kind of manage towards that thing, right? And in a way, that's what the people were doing. That's what, that's what the people who are in conflict, both John's disciples and the Pharisees here, and again, they're not bad people, okay? They're not bad. They're, they're, what they were doing wasn't bad. They were doing what they were instructed to do, okay? And they were doing it, I believe, out of genuine, pure religious motivation for that. So, so it's not a bad guy, good guy thing here. But I think what happened is they were managing the expectation. They, they, they had, they just, their imagination couldn't contain the thought that it would actually happen. Their imagination just couldn't believe that the thing that they had longed for was actually here, and especially in this person of this Jesus. And I think that stops us as well. Is even after 2,000 years of church history, we still, our imaginations are, are old wineskins. It, it's the old cloth. We, we try to really put this thing, and I've talked a lot about it here at Grace. Like I believe that, that Western Christianity is in the midst of another radical reformation like we saw 500 years ago. Like, like the, we see it all around us. The seams are bursting. The fabric is being torn because we, our imaginations have been so limited, so limited by what we expect of Jesus. And y'all, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how, I really don't know how to do it. I don't know how to fully embrace and understand. But I do know that if I hold on to the old way, that if I just hold on to the old the old structures, the old practices, the old imagination, that it's it's gonna burst. It's gonna burst. It's gonna tear. Now I'm not saying that there's not a lot to be learned from the old stuff. I listen, I, I think the it's it's the same materials, right? The new wineskin is, is kind of going to be built out of the same materials. We, we gain a lot as we go back and look through church history and these practices. But we have to embrace it in a whole new way. We, we need to become this new thing for this to happen to us. So I'm going to ask Jeff to come back up. Look, the resurrection is the ultimate validation of all the promises Jesus proclaimed. I want to let that sink in again. The resurrection is the ultimate evidence witnessed to 
that everything Jesus said about himself, about God, about the kingdom, is true. That is new wine. That is the new wine that us today, even 2,000 years later, need to be transformed by and transform ourselves to receive with that. And it's contained here. There was no more obvious and to many people offensive practices of Jesus and when he proclaimed this new wine than giving and receiving hospitality to all people. And this is one of the main things I think our imagination, I think this is where our imagination culturally is being so transformed by is this idea that yes, everybody is included. Yes, everybody is welcome at the table. Yes, everybody has a place in Thank you for listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. You can find more about us online at gracechurchmwa.org. Grace and peace.